Time for From the Bench with Ditch, a special edition Bulldog Valley. A recap of last week's Highland game, Valley Conference recap, and a look ahead to this weekend's game. Hello, welcome to another edition, our final football edition of Bulldog Valley on From the Bench with Dench. Your host, Denny Rittenhouse here, along with Rodney Knackstad, our side-by-side partner all season long. And Rodney, a, a bitter finish to the season on Saturday, but uh, didn't take long to catch your breath and realize what a fantastic season the Bulldogs had. I, I, I totally agree. Uh, I will say that was a winnable game if we play our absolute best game. Held them scoreless in the second half. Uh, our defense outstanding again. And the offense just couldn't quite get it going. And some of that you just have to credit to the other team. you got to tip your hat to Providence. Yeah, New Lenox Providence, um, a private school. Um, and, and what gets frustrating with that, and I'm going to dive into this a little bit today. Going to open that can of worms? Already? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? It's it's laying out there. Um, but but the the thing that jumped out at me about it was one the the, the size that, that New Lenox had on the line was just uh, astronomical. We knew that going in, but then when you see it. You're like, oh my, and then... And they uh, weren't like just overweight bodies out there. These these kids oh, yeah. had athletic bodies and they had a lot of athleticism. And, and they had a lot of them. Uh, yes. That, that's the thing that jumped out. And, and they had zero players going both ways. And their line was uh, the same size on defense as it was on offense. And uh, uh, that takes its toll against a, 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 a team that's going, you know, and has five or six kids. Um, playing both sides of the ball, especially on the line, and um, uh, it takes its toll a little bit, and so so that kind of jumped out at me in, in watching that. But nonetheless, like you said, um, if Highland executes perfectly, um, uh, they have a chance to win that game. Uh, the, the last two weeks, uh, something we didn't see all season long, the turnover bug bit them a little bit. And, it uh, did. We um, had three each game. Uh, one of them, unfortunately, gets charged to the quarterback when – Technically, it was a bad snap, but he's the one that touches right. the ball. He gets, unfortunately, the credit. But, uh, you know, and Beetle, he hadn't fumbled all year. He has three in the last two games. Yeah. And, and uh, it is, it's part of football. It just hadn't bit him all year. Yeah, yeah, it really hadn't. And, and, and when you take on uh, quality teams, they, they tend to force that. Now, Highland had a couple of their own. They did, a couple um, so, of picks. So they, it, it was a little more even in that regard this week, but... Uh, Highland wasn't able to capitalize offensively like uh, uh, Providence was, uh, I think, twice against them. Yeah, and the one was really a backbreaker because they had him at third and tw- uh, uh, third down and 30, and uh, just a little five-yard pass out in the flat turns into a 90-yard a, a touchdown. Yeah, and, and that's something, uh, again, we didn't see all season uh, poor tackling. Correct. Uh, and they were a fantastic tackling team all season long. First man hitting them good and always a quick uh, backup right there on, on the spot all season long. But uh, in this case, the kid broke a couple tackles Yep. Um, and, and was able to jump down to the sideline. And then the, the other turning point was coming out in the second half. In Highland driving and getting to the goal line. Now, that was just a fantastic goal line stand by, by Providence. They, they stood up a couple Highland runners at the one-inch line. It literally <laughs> was. Uh, it couldn't have, couldn't have been more than 
three inches at the most, and we just couldn't get it in. And like you said, uh, you got to credit them. They they it looked like Jelly was going to get in on that last one, and when they hit him, they completely turned him. He didn't get a chance to use his momentum to go forward. Yeah, and, uh, uh, numbers wise, it wasn't pretty for Highland, uh, especially in the first <laughs> half. Um, uh, I think it was a negative yards passing and minus eight in the first half. In the first because half. of a sack. And uh, um, um, they did a little better in the second half. Made some adjustments. Played pretty even with them um, uh, in, in the second half. And in the end, uh, I think Blake had five for seventeen for 122 yards or something like that. Not as not his best game, but he was being hounded um, just play after play and and uh, forced to go out in the flat a little more than they wanted because of that size. They, they, they couldn't go over the top um, like they did the previous week right? Um, against Metamora. They had the two quick touchdowns in the fourth quarter going over the top and, and in the middle of the field, and uh, that just wasn't there Saturday. They took the middle of the field away from us, and uh, talking about pressure, you know, we do the flea flicker, and no more than the ball's in Pratt's hands. He gets his left foot planted, or right foot planted, and boom, they they nailed him. He didn't even get a chance to, to throw the ball. Right. And that was the one play we had an open receiver. He just didn't get a chance to release it. Yeah, yeah, and Jelly's who you're talking about there. And, and, well, but that's and, when he flipped back. Oh, yeah, the 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 fleet, yeah you're right, finger. you're right, my bad, yeah. my bad. Um, and, and so, yeah, they had um, they had difficulty against that Providence defense, um, especially in that first half. They took the run game away from us a little bit. Uh, their speed on the edges uh, kept uh, Beetle from being able to, to turn the corner as a um, he usually can. Uh, yeah, they, so. they'd spread that out really well. And uh, their end stayed home to turn it in before they could get too far out. And then, like you said, there's a host of them there waiting for our whoever it is had the ball, whichever back. But the the abruptness of the end uh, um, settled in there late Saturday afternoon. It, it was a beautiful day up there in, in uh, New Lenox. And, uh, uh, just a, a bright sky to start things off. You had that old playoff feeling, atmosphere, and, and everything. Uh, just a great Saturday uh, heading up there for the long drive. I enjoyed the heck out of the drive on the way up there. I talked to you briefly about it before the game, but um, and man, I was in IHSA heaven, just, just going up, uh, scanning the radio dial, found a couple local radio shows talking playoff football, and then as I got closer, I picked up the Kankakee broadcast against East St. Louis, and man, was that town fired up. And uh, their broadcast team was just talking about the magnitude of having a chance to play a program like like Eastside and um, how how geared up that team was. They they felt like they could go toe-to-toe with the Flyers. Um, they, they talked about how large the crowd was, um, the biggest crowd they've ever had at a game in, in, in Kankakee. And um, uh, they were really fired up, and then they got a taste of what it's like to take on East St. Louis. <laughs> and well, a couple hours later, that feeling was shot for them as well. What's the old saying? Careful what you wish for, you might get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly what happened in the end. Hey, I'm with them, only down 12-7 at halftime, but uh, uh, East Side wins going away 39-13, I think was the final over there. But it was like that all the way up there, the drive, and seeing cars on the interstate decorated. I saw some from normal community. What a great season they're having. Um, they're, they're still alive in the um, uh, semifinals next week. I, I saw uh, uh, schools from 
Uh, who else was heading north? I saw some Edwardsville um, uh, cars uh, decorated. Roxana. Yeah. So so it was a it was a fun drive, a fun day all all in all, and a, a quarterfinal football. Who'd have thought? Now let's talk. Uh, let's go back to week one. Um, uh, you and I talking and, and uh, saying, well, we'll see what Highland's got. Man, we lost 18 starters from a year ago, and most of them were seniors. And the whole well, front line on yeah. offense was gone yeah you know jimmy had to rebuild the whole front line um i was actually talking to somebody yesterday well it was coach langston and uh he too said what a phenomenal season nobody expected to get that far when the season started yeah it just uh it really well, there were just so many question marks you know you, you have your replacing some some three-year starters and quarterback case a four-year starter and brett yep. Wevels, and uh, uh you know he's out the door you had the uh, the running back with 1600 yards last year uh, travis porter travis porter um out the door and then uh, uh receivers altadonna and and um, uh, lewis um uh, gone and so you're like wow where's the offense going to come from and yes. man, did they have some answers this year and uh uh, you know, it starts at the at the quarterback position, and, and Blake Jelly, um, he looked a little skittish week one against Central, and uh, forced a couple passes that that uh, Jimmy acknowledged uh, he shouldn't have made, and, and said, uh, you know, we, that those are correctable mistakes. And, exactly. And he was absolutely right. You know, he, he, he in talking to him after that game, he he's like, the, you know, he forced he forced some passes, but. Uh, you know we gotta we gotta have a uh, expect that out of out of a sophomore playing in varsity for the first time and so these are correctable and and uh, he did correct them you know he had the week tough week two and we we alluded to that and that's that's what really that that week two game is what really and you know, I'm talking about the 28 nothing shutout uh, loss we had to Muhammad Seymour yep. and. Um, um, that game, you really, at, after that game, um, had no clue what direction that team was going to go. And they could have uh, went either way because, I mean, Jelly was under pressure that whole game. Yeah. And uh, we just, we didn't really ever have a, a decent looking drive of that game at all on offense. Uh, the opening drive we did. The only, yeah, it was and, the and, only uh, one. They, they stopped us at the goal line and... and um, that that was it. Yeah, and so you're right. And, and to think of how those kids, I, I think they used that the way they should have as a learning experience. This is what we did wrong. I'm sure they went over film like crazy after that one. And they made the adjustments and uh, surprised us with what they did the rest of the way. Uh, it, it, I'm glad you mentioned the film because we, we did talk to Coach um, uh, quite a bit uh, after that game and after the the next week's game against uh, Mattoon and uh, he he broke down for us um, how he he looks for perfect execution on every play and uh, that had to be a very lengthy film session <laughs> after the Muhammad game and <laughs> yeah. pointing out the different things that, that people and in, 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 that's across the board because right. they, uh, they dominated that game at every position and and so it that had to be uh, the biggest teaching moment of the season for, for Coach Warnicke and his staff uh, was after that Muhammad game. And we saw the direct result starting the very next week. Yes. You know, and, uh, it, and the other thing is that shows you that the, the players were open 
to listening to the coaches because you can coach and you can tell them all you want, but if they don't buy into it, you're wasting your breath. And obviously Highland's players bought into it, realized, yes, what they're saying, This it, it was a great year. You know, that's, that's funny you mentioned that because I, I, I really think that's the case. Is a, um, they did buy into it. And it, it's, a, it's an example that we saw at the highest level uh, last night. I was just talking to my son Justin this morning and um, um, about the Denver Broncos. And who would have thought they'd be where they're at today after a 70 uh, to, what, seven whitewashing at the hands of the Miami the Dolphins. Dolphins. In, in I think it was week two, maybe week three of this season. It seems like it was one of them, but I'm it thinking was, it was week two, but it, it could have been early. three. It was early in the season, and, and um, people thought, wow, this is about as bad as an <laughs> NFL team can be defensively. Yes. And um, uh, they've turned it around since then, and I think it, it, and something Justin was pointing out is it, it, it almost looks like they bought into the system, Sean Payton's, delivering there and that they were resisting at first and oh and there uh, were calls for Peyton's head after that game oh, sure. and why did we what are we paying him for yeah I remember reading all that yeah, and, uh, and, uh, uh, they, they kind of bought into the system and I think maybe, maybe there's a you know a degree and now that said I think everybody who's playing for coach Warnicky believes in his system <laughs> and, and so um, but after a game like the, that week two uh, shellacking that they took it, it's a uh, um, okay teachable moments um, and the kids responded to it they, you can tell they listened to what was being said uh, and we didn't see uh, a whole lot of those same mistakes being made as the season progressed I agree uh, penalties continue to be a problem until about four weeks ago they got that straightened out turnovers were never a problem until the last two weeks yeah. um, we really didn't turn it over much I think we had four interceptions and uh, we might have had a fumble or two at the most yeah the rest of the way yeah um, they we just didn't put the ball on the ground our, yeah, our really guys did. held yeah, on to yeah, it that's, that's what was so shocking about it when it happened yes you know we, we didn't talk about it a lot when it wasn't happening like hey these guys never turned the ball over we, we just kind of went on with the broadcast yes and and, and, and such and didn't didn't really mention it until it happened them. <laughs> yeah oh yeah there is that old broadcaster jinx and, uh, um, and, and so so yeah it was a, a a lesson learned that week two that week two game against muhammad um, in hindsight was a very important game um, that they responded in, in, in the best way possible. Uh, and that's another thing this team showed me this year was, was how, they, uh, how resilient they were uh, in the face of adversity. Um, and you talked about the penalties. Um, my, they were in double digits at least the first four weeks, I want to say. And, in, and in penalties. most of those times it was, you know, 100 to 140 yards in penalties. Yeah, yeah. And... It did. It just didn't phase him, and that's that's what was impressive to me about uh, the team, and in particular uh, Blake Jelly. Um, it, it, they they asked a lot of him as a sophomore, and uh, he delivered time and time again. And the whole team responded on those penalties. They go from third and four to third and nine. They shrugged their shoulders and said, "Hey, we need nine this time, fellas, yeah. not four. Sometimes third and fourteen, and they'd come yeah. through. Um, and I liked how Coach Warnicky, I mean, he's obviously very smart, uh, 
kept the passing game and stuff simple the first three or four weeks, and he'd add a little more. And then finally, turned him loose. We started getting the deep passes over the top uh, yeah. with, with success, but didn't try to rush that on him. Let him get comfortable back there for a while. Yeah, yeah. And, and the way he put it to us was, uh, I, I can't stretch the field yet with him. Yes, um, that's exactly we, what he said. We, we've got to we've got to take some baby steps here to get him comfortable in the pocket and. And uh, it worked. It uh, did. You know, it really worked. And, and Blake Jelly was superb all season long in his uh, efficiency. Yes. Uh, I mean, we, he had games five for seven. They didn't throw a whole lot in, in, in a lot of the games. They didn't need to, especially in But he'd have, play. out of those seven completions, he'd have 150 yards. And <laughs> four know, touchdowns. Or out of five completions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought they did well mixing the run and the pass uh, this year. Um, you know, I'm just going to say this, add somebody say it, but why did we go for a touchdown pass? We should have kept going. It was, Jimmy felt it was right. He felt they were ready for that deep ball, you know, against Providence. Yeah. They just covered it well. Yeah. And uh, yeah. You, you, there's times you just got to tip your hat to the other team, and it's like I told them, if you don't ever try to stretch the field or you just go one-dimensional, they're going to stop that quick, especially yeah. a good team like Providence. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that is a frustration from the fan perspective. You it know, is. You it see is. how effective and efficient they've been all season long. When it's taken away from you, your natural reaction is, why don't you coach. do what you did last week? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. And, and let's face it, the head coach, they, they always get the blame right or wrong. That's the way it is. Yeah. That's That goes with It's like a manager in baseball. Yeah. You, know, you can't hit for the guy, but you sent him up there, so it's your fault. Yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, no, they're, they're, in my mind, no, no coaching mistakes. Right? Oh, no, no, and, I, I and I'm not even going no, there. No, I know yeah. you're not. Yeah. And that, that's a, um, I defended yeah. Coach Warnicky because uh, he's just done an outstanding job. Oh, it, 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 it's fabulous um, and, and fun to watch him year in, year out. And, and who thought, I mean, um, talk about a, a guy we probably didn't talk enough about as the season went along, but... Um, you lose 1,600 yards with Porter last year. Who's going to step in? And Hunter Fry was just Mr. Consistent all season long. Um, finishes the year well over 1,000 yards himself. And uh, I don't know if you saw flashes of that last year um, with Hunter. Um, yeah, maybe a flash or two, but, um, you know, Porter got the majority of the carries, rightfully so. And so we didn't see a lot of him. Right. Um, I have to say I, I didn't expect to see what I saw, especially like the game he had like 210 or yeah. 7 yards or something. And uh, uh, his ability, now where he reminded me of, of Travis Porter was his ability to make people miss. Uh, Travis would use that spin move. Uh, I thought all of our backs did a pretty good job of letting the block happen and not get yeah. there too soon. Now, we saw them this past week against Providence where they didn't have much choice. You finally had to just hit that line yeah. and, and know you're not going to get a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what Porter was good at, uh, following. And uh, as soon as that hole was open, that one step in your full speed thing, and we've seen that with Beetle, we've seen that with Fry. Yeah. Um, that's a key uh, component for a back to have, and those two both have it. Yeah, and, and so so kudos to Hunter Fry. I I think he really uh, stepped up in that 
Um, next guy up, uh, my I agree. will for the season, and then just had a spectacular. Now, I haven't been able to get my hands on the all-conference team, but uh, Hunter certainly a first-team all-conference, and at least uh, in our uh, mind, yeah, in our <laughs> mind. And, uh, along with his uh, senior cohort Dylan Beetle and uh, Mister Excitement. Uh, he he kind of it reminded me of Terry Metcalf and going back to back days. <laughs> you uh, are right, just like. A, uh, could do it running or could do it receiving, and um, and could score any time from anywhere on the field. Yeah, once the ball's in his hands, you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, uh, yeah, just and, uh, like you said, Mister Excitement. Yeah, yeah, and Dylan, that's a that's a compliment in comparing to Terry Metcalf. Yes, he, it is. He set the St. Louis area on on fire back in the day, and and uh, going back to big red days in the 70s, and, and he did it multiple ways, and we saw Beetle do it multiple ways, Metcalf on kick returns, yep. punt returns, receiving, and running the ball. And uh, we saw Dylan score, I think, all four of those, those all ways. All ways. He, he, yeah. yeah, he ran a kickoff back, a, touch yeah. to, a punt back, receiving, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the reverse. Yeah. yeah, and he forced – coaches to game plan against him. We saw that by the end of the season. Yes. That they were coaching to, to stop Beetle from from hurting them. And uh, that's, the result was Hunter Fry getting 200 yards, right? So, so it's like pick your poison because we've got these weapons. And uh, we haven't even touched to some of the complimentary. And, and what's nice about that is most of the complimentary things to the Beetle-Fry combination are all returning next Correct. year. Correct. <laughs> when you Correct. talk about Tyson Rakers, yes, uh, he, he had a pretty darn good season himself, being the third third option. And uh, he had some exciting runs. Got a couple of key first downs for us. Uh, caught. He was good on the screen pass as well, yeah. or that little pass out in the flat. Uh, and you can't forget uh, uh, Greenwald with his blocking as the fullback. Yeah. Well, his defense, we know what he did out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, his blocks out of the fullback position uh, freed up a lot of those big runs these guys got. He really did. And uh, what a tough kid. Man, I mean, he, he really is. He's not the yes. biggest... He's not the biggest guy out there on the field, but but he he plays like he is. I, I remember that hit he put on up there at... Uh, Providence late in the game that hit he put on their quarterback yeah. and he was slow getting up. Yeah, he nailed him. <laughs> he was fun to watch and, and he he benefited or or used I should say um, the damage Chase Packett was doing at the at the defensive line of scrimmage. Um, you know Chase would. Uh, command two blockers and, and clog a hole, he wouldn't necessarily make the tackle, but he was responsible for the short yardage that teams would get uh, as a result because Greenwald was there uh, to, to pick it up. Yes, yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and you think about uh, uh, Packett and Zobrist, uh, I mean, they had outstanding seasons on that line. And, and Bolin had to step in uh, yeah. when Packett was out. And uh, after the first couple of drives and had his feet wet, he did a good job. Yeah, yeah, it, it really was uh, impressive in, in that regard. And then uh, wide receiver wasn't a, a huge factor, but um, we, we had enough step up. Um, when when you talk about uh, Reinacher and, and Rinder mm -hmm. um, on on the outside, um, um, both coming back, I believe, and, and yes, um, and, and so 
you, you hope to see some maturity from them and as uh, and their game progress. So so a lot of good stuff coming back. Um, and it starts at quarterback, obviously, with, with Blake. And uh, we've seen the, the gleam in Jimmy's eyes when he talks about um, how good um, uh, Blake has been this year. And I get him two more years. Two more years, <laughs> yep. Just, just, yep. You know, like the mad scientist look. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get to figure out. Excuse me. Yes. What we're gonna do for two more years with this talent, and, um, and so so some exciting things I'm sure to come um, in, in the uh, future for the Bulldogs. Elsewhere in uh, uh, the postseason area, not a good day for Southern Illinois, Rodney. And this seems to happen more years than it doesn't. True. Uh, right at this this phase, but. Uh, uh, start down at the lower level. Altoff gets it handed to him by a uh, camp point. I think that uh, uh, shocked uh, quite a few people. I, 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 for one, was kind of anticipating Altoff marching uh, to a, to a, a championship game. We we talked about that at yeah. uh, either the last podcast or the one before. Yeah. Yeah, you uh, thought that they would, would have a good chance of going all the way. The camp point had other ideas. They, they <laughs> man, they put a hurting on them in the first quarter. They were up thirty nothing before Altoff knew what hit them. And, uh, Altoff played even with them the rest of the game, but but uh, uh, not enough in in, in the end. And uh, so they'll go home in two A. Uh, Modern Day loses a tough one to Shelbyville. They're old mid state conference rivals from the nineties. Uh, the one. The only time I believe Modern Day's been in a conference was a, a, a brief period, maybe six or seven years in the 90s with Shelbyville and Greenville and Vandalia and uh, Pena and, and, and teams like that that are now in the um, uh, another conference of their own. But Modern Day dropped out a long time ago. But uh, Shelbyville used to be, and they had a good basketball rivalry going in, in the 90s when Modern Day had Dwayne Gable down there. And, and um, uh, the Highland kid, uh, Marvin Tebby, uh, Bob Tebby was down there, uh, Marvin's kid, and uh, they, uh, against Shelbyville, who had a state title team. In fact, Modern Day played them in the state championship back in the mid-90s. So I kind of uh, liked that matchup Saturday, uh, going back with these two schools, and Shelbyville ekes it out 28-21. Uh, in that game, so the night season comes to an end, and then uh, uh, Breeze Central, what a what a nice season they had. Yes, they did. You know, they they had to come out here in week one on the hottest day of the year. Uh, there was some almost didn't play the game yeah, that day. Didn't, almost didn't. They almost pushed it to Saturday night. Um, Jimmy insisted on following the IHSA guidelines, and the guidelines said, "Yeah, you're okay to play tonight," and and they did. And uh, I think it took more of a toll on Central than it did Highland. Now, now whether that's conditioning or just uh, uh, the fact that he was just so overwhelming and, and some take it differently than others, I don't know. But Highland was definitely uh, a step or two faster that game. And uh, uh, Central had more cramping going on than Highland did. They both did. Yes. Um, a uh, lot of water timeouts. Uh, you yeah. know, we're like, who called timeout? Oh, nope, yeah. this is a water break. Uh, water break timeout. <laughs> so it was uh, just unbearable conditions on, on that hot August night. And um, so you really didn't see the season Central ended up having. Only lost one more time, and that was to a team that's still alive in Roxana. 
Um, that was the only other loss Central had. They, they go into the postseason 7-2 and two and win their first two games. Those weren't easy games they had. They had Cahokia in week one. Yeah, yeah, which, like you had mentioned, should have been instead of 5-4, and four, a 7-2 and two team, right. and they wouldn't even have faced them near that early. So so kudos to uh, Brian Short and the Cougars on a fine season. Of course, they, they get the uh, draw draw the short straw and take on Rochester in the quarterfinals and, and we know that feeling all too well up here. <laughs> so uh, uh, their season uh, comes to a screeching halt Saturday uh, losing to uh, the Rockets up there in Rochester. In uh, 5A of course was Highland and, and they, they take it on the chin against Providence in 6A East St. Louis. Um, comes away impressively. A lot of people thought that was the state title game. Kanky Key's been ranked number one all season long. And um, uh, the Flyers right on their neck with the two losses against national powers. Um, so, so they're out. Uh, nobody playing in 7A last week. Collinsville had exited the week before. And then Edwardsville, um, boy, they, they lose a tough one against Elmhurst York. And uh, uh, hung right there with them the whole the whole game, losing 36-29. So the Tigers, as always, um, uh, they they play in the shadow of East St. Louis over there in the Southwest Conference. But uh, man, that's a good program uh, athletically, not just in football, just all around. Uh, utmost respect for Edwardsville and what they do uh, athletically, and uh, this year in football, a, a pretty decent showing. So that's our uh, recap of the uh, postseason. Uh, I, I missed 3A with Roxana and the, and the Shells. Um, uh, impressive win over Stanford, uh, putting up 50-something points again and uh, uh, coming away with it. Uh, and they play at home next week, so if you get a chance, scoot on down to Charlie Rage Field in Roxana and uh, uh, let's root the Shells on for some uh, Deep South uh, representation up in uh, Bloomington next uh, the following week, and so uh, I, I think I'm going to try and make it over. We'll see. Uh, that's that's my first hint at a kitchen pass from my boss, and so, <laughs> so so we'll see, we'll see. But uh, uh, let's get back. In the in the subject is um, um, looking at the private versus public schools, uh, Rodney. You look at what's left in five A. In particular, uh, somehow year after year, that's the class that takes on the, the crux of, of, uh, of the, the private schools. And you look at the final four, and they're all four Chicago Catholic League schools. And, and I, you know, it's, it, I'm, not, I'm not, not spotting this because we lost last week. I'm spotting it because it, it's simply a fact of it. There's some unfair and it is advantage. almost every year. <laughs> yeah, especially in, especially in this 5A, 5A class. Yes. Um, it, it ha- to give you an example, there, all four teams left are, are, are private schools. Um, there are one, two, three, six private schools in the other seven classes uh, left. And so that's why I'm saying uh, this. And you look at the the history behind some of these teams, Joliet 15 titles, the Catholic Providence 10, uh, you know, it, it's just um, year in, year out, they're able to load up and, and, and put some talent on the field at every position. Um, and, and that's something a public school just, uh, uh, they can achieve it once in a while. And uh, every now and then you, you see a program like Rochester or East St. Louis that seems to do it year in, year out. And that, 
their program is, is, is effective in that sense. But, but with the, the public, and, and I, I don't know the best answer. There are a couple options out there, but I don't quite know what the best answer is. Dan McCarowitz had a, a you know the really good idea that he threw to us, and he you know he said that'll never happen. But you know, and based on how many miles away they are, as to how many points and, and all this, and um, how many students ahead counts for, and, yeah. and that's a multiplier factor in some some degree. And IHSA does use a multiplier with with these schools to to enrich the the actual enrollment so so a school like providence for example might be might have 600 students but their enrollment says uh, the multiplier says they got 1200 right um right or wrong i don't know another another idea i heard floated out there is it is and, and one for consideration is if a a public a private school accepts a player outside of the district to play sports, um, they adopt the classification if it's larger of where the, the district the kid's coming from. So let me give you a clear example. Uh, Modern Day has a volleyball player from Highland on this year's state championship team. They choose to let her play on that team, they would adopt the enrollment of Highland. And so, so instead of playing 2A like Modern Day did, they would have played 3A. And so if, uh, in the case of a, a Joliet, if you're in the same district as that high school, you wouldn't do that. No, right. Or, or New Lenox. So, so if a kid from the New Lenox West school district goes to Providence, so be it. He, he can, no penalty. But if, he, if he's in New Lenox East school district and goes to Providence, they adopt New Lenox East. Uh, classification in this case Providence would have played 8A. I think that's the case for most of these Chicago Catholic schools is they're getting these athletes from um, districts that have you know humongous schools in them 8A, um, 7A schools and um, um, they're they're selecting to go to a smaller school and, and so so I think that a solution like that might be worth considering. Uh, yeah, it's just getting anybody uh, in authority to buy into this. Is yeah, it, until the the public school coaches insist on change, I don't think we'll see change. Um, the other option is you don't let public and uh, private into the public playoff system, and there's plenty of states that do that same thing. Texas being the most notable. Um, they have their own private school um, postseason, right. um, and, and so so that's another potential. Is just saying, hey, fine, we're not inviting you to our dance, um, <laughs> um, and, and, and that's just Start a, your a own dance. that's just a benefit of uh, going to the public. It's a public school benefit. Um, if you choose to compete against us, you, you follow our rules, and our rules say you don't play in the postseason here. Um, and, and there are states where, where that's plenty of states that, that do it that way, and that's, a, um, you know, it's another option. Well, and, and that's not what you're saying there. I've heard that for probably 15 years now that that's the way it should be, and, and maybe you're right. Maybe that's what it is. There aren't enough of the public school coaches willing to right. uh, look like they're whining or whatever. And the argument Dan gives is... is, is the majority of the kids are from that same district. And, and that's probably true, especially the lower classes you go. Uh, but from my perspective, 
5A, maybe even 4A up. Um, it, it's, a, it's a little bit different. Now you've got a 280-pound guard um, going to, to a pro private school that that private school never, you know, had a chance of having. Um, and so, uh, it's... It, well, and another thing that was mentioned, and, and that's kind of what you, you, you kind of covered it a little bit, though, is um, at the lower levels, you don't want to punish every kid on the team because one or two have come in. And, and that was something Dan mentioned, you know, uh, that's where I guess the fine line comes in. Uh, you're punishing a whole team for a couple of players, but then again, if those couple of kids make that much of a difference, uh, where, where do you draw the line at? But it, and the, the counter argument is the kid doesn't have to go there. Uh, he can go to public. If, if, if postseason's his aspiration, go to a school that go to your, your local public school and, and and people say our public school sucks. I, you know we don't we don't believe in that. You know they, they don't care for the kids like a private. And there's there's valid arguments on both sides. I'm not suggesting uh, there's an easy answer. Uh, I'm just uh, um, spouting a, a little bit of frustration. We're over. just letting the worms out so we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We sit behind the microphone. We don't have to make these decisions. <laughs> we just throw it out there for for people to think about. You know, and, that's well, and this is a conversation that. It's being held, I guarantee, in households and or in bars when guys get together, uh, and it's been going on a while because, yeah. as you mentioned, it's it just it's dominated by the private schools almost every year. Yeah, yeah, it it really is, and you know how frustrating in Springfield. Um, you know they got three or four different high schools up there that that uh, lose some of their best athletes to to the uh, Sacred Heart Griffin and and. Uh, they got to figure out a way to to do it every year, uh, losing those athletes to uh, public, uh, private schools. And so, you know, the the I, I tend to lean towards the if you adopt them, you, you take on that classification, or um, have their own tournament. Um, I, I think you know, those are probably the two fairest ways in my mind. I, I would uh, agree and, with and you. I, I can be swayed otherwise, but but uh, yeah, I'm not hell bent that those are answers, but. But, you know, it's uh, uh, something worth considering, and uh, we'll see if, um, you know, if there's any uproar over what's taking place this year, especially in 5A when you look at that. Um, uh, you look at a school like Morris, um, you know, they, they, uh, a town the size of Highland, and we're mirrors of each other. I kidded to, to somebody the, uh, yesterday that Highland should play Morris next weekend for the, the public school championship. There you go. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like... Hey, well, let's um, let's just have our own and uh, put a game together and take them on. Kind of like the uh, the milk bowl. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the breeze championship. Oh. So, so uh, ten and two, one of the uh, better records over the years for Highland. They've had a few of them um, uh, in that category, and and so kudos to Coach Warnicky and uh, uh, the entire Bulldog staff and team. Uh, just putting together a, a magical season um, and, and coming up. And uh, this is one uh, for the history books for, for Highland. Uh, when you start talking about some of the better uh, seasons they've had over the years, uh, this one will certainly be in the conversation. I, I totally agree with you. And uh, you mentioned it post-game. Uh, Coach Warnicke sitting on 99 wins. So uh, next season, uh, 
we know he's going to pick it up hopefully the first week of the season, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. And uh, kudos to him. He's got to be uh, climbing that uh, victory ladder of uh, Highland coaches. I would think it's owned by Coach Hooker, the number of victories. Uh, oh, I should know sure. this. Um, yeah, he, he's getting close. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, week one, I think we're taking Central on again next week, uh, next year, and uh, week one down there down at, there. at, at Astro Field. And, uh uh, so that could be that could be the. My wife pointed it out to me. Don't say that on the air Saturday. <laughs> you you, you give the old broadcast jinx. So I refrained from from saying that. So I wouldn't get blamed if uh, things went south. And uh, yeah, you so. waited till post game. <laughs> so so yeah, but uh, people knew that we were talking to a, um, a Joliet newspaper guy and. Uh, he, he he pointed out, if I I did this right, this would be his hundredth career win. And he's like, yeah, sure is. You did your homework well. Uh, so so yeah, uh, exciting times in Bulldog football. I think it's going to be uh, um, bright for the next few years. Oh, uh, definitely. Uh, we, we've seen we've seen the numbers, Rodney, and and we see it um, especially when uh, last week we were sitting high atop the the press box, standing up up top there, and. Uh, uh, looking down, you can just see the sheer numbers that Providence had versus the number of bodies Highland had. And uh, Highland's in a bit of a down cycle as far as uh, numbers out there. Uh, but they, uh, Coach Warnicky also coaches at the in the uh, youth league, the the quarterback club, and uh, he's like, "We're going to be all right." Yeah, there uh, is. Uh, I, I, we, we have peaked in the quarterback uh, um, turnout here the last few years, and so. These kids have a passion, and they're going to be in. Based on the line I was in at the Veterans Day Memorial Friday over at the, the junior high school, shaking the hand of all these young men, um, some of them looking me eye to eye. And I'm, I'm not a small guy. I mean, I'm six one, but I'm not in eighth grade. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm shaking hands with these young men, and it's like, okay, that's uh, – yeah, we're going to be in good hands. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And and I was fortunate enough to broadcast one week. And, uh, yeah, they've had to split to two teams in some of their divisions. Um, they had six teams go to the Super Bowls. And I, I'm not sure. It was either two or three of them won theirs. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you how I know it's three. I watched Sam Laporta post a video on, on social media congratulating the three Highland okay. champions and uh, just a, a really fun fun clip to watch Sam talk about it and uh, uh, talk, you talk about programs and, and buying into it and, and participating to have um, perhaps the most talked about rookie in the NFL um, congratulating you personally and saying I was part of this um, you know, and, and yeah. I'm going to do my best to, to add a, another Highland Super Bowl uh, trophy this year. Um, but um, uh, you can aspire and do thing, great things on the football field. And, and uh, congratulations on your hard work. And uh, it, it can pay off. And man, what a testimonial that is, huh? <laughs> to have a, a, an, an NFL, NFL player for playing in the same league you did, doing the same things you did. Um, so, so that was a beautiful thing Sam did, and uh, congratulations to the quarterback club teams. And maybe someday he'll be able to do Brian Cox. I think I told you that. Uh, him and another player off of the Dolphins, Cox was with the Dolphins at that time, uh, they came down and ran a camp, and we took a bunch of our boys, yeah. uh, went over there, and they were just like Sam, one-on-one -on -one with them, talking to them, you know, uh, 
that means a lot to those guys, to the little kids. I oh, mean. absolutely, it does. You know, that uh, that's a, uh, you always want to be somebody when when you're a kid. I want to be this when I grow up. I want to be just like it. Uh, to have an, an example where you can personally say, in a lot of cases, the kids know. Um, and so, exactly. so when you see that, it, it's a it's a beautiful thing. Well, yeah. and, and Sam's a good person. Brian Cox was, and I, I wish I could remember the name, but it's out of my head right now. The other dolphin, but they too, they were never in the papers that they were doing bad things and all this. You know, they. I think Cox came from the St. Louis area. From, hey, he's St. Louis. He's, yeah, that's what I thought. He's an East St. Louis grad. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Those kids, uh, it'd be like if Sam came down with our players, that's how it was for the ones yeah. that, that went to school there. But uh, it was a unique experience that, uh, you know, my son remembers that. Yeah. Two NFL players, and uh, they were willing to sign autographs for all these boys and uh, take the time to talk to them and go through the drills with them. And, yeah. So tip of the hat to Sam for, for posting that. And uh, he follows it up with an outstanding performance on, on Sunday. And what a great game that was to watch between the Lions <laughs> and the Chargers. Man, as a Neither fan, just as maker, a fan but... of football, it was that was a, a magical three hours of football to watch. And the coaching um, where these guys are going for it on fourth down, not once or twice. I think it was seven or eight times between the two teams. I know it had and to be at least seven because the one time I looked, uh, the Chargers were four for four and the Lions were three for three for yeah, four. So it might have been so, nine times, yeah. I think, because the last time the Lions did it, they went in good old number 87 when they needed a, a two yards. He gave them six, and so... Uh, uh, the critical play of the game by, by Sam Laporta and then uh, sets him up for the game-winning field goal. Uh, but how how impressive is that? Yeah, you know, you, the game is on the line. And, and your you quarterback need, trusts It's a fourth-down play, and they call your number. And uh, yeah, he delivered, and, and just a, a treat to watch him all season long. So, well, Rodney, um, what a fabulous year it was. It uh, was. Just it, a, I don't know where it went. <laughs> yeah. I had a great time working with you. This was the first time you and I uh, worked together a whole yeah. season, and we've done a couple games in the past together. Yeah. And, uh, oh, it was, it was a lot of fun, Denny. A yeah, lot it, of fun. It really was. And uh, uh, the team was an absolute treat to, to call every week and, and uh, uh, follow. And uh, what, a, what an outstanding finish to the year. Um, two and one in the postseason. Nothing to sneeze at. Um, you know, that's a, that's a heck of a team, for, a heck of a season for Highland. Go 10 and 2. And um, I think good things ahead in the future. And, and we um, uh, potentially have something to strive for is to top this, top this season with uh, um, uh, what's coming up in the in the future. So for Rodney, uh, I'm Denny. Now, listen, we're, we're thinking about uh, continuing this throughout the basketball season, trying to finalize things with Darren and uh, uh, maybe Matt and uh, kick around uh, boys and girls basketball throughout the season and, and uh, uh, continue um, Bulldog Valley. Um, so thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the feedback, both on this and our broadcast as well. Uh, it was a a lot of people reaching out by the end of the year, Rodney, to, yes, to there kind was. of talk about the uh, the broadcast, and, and uh, um, uh, so we appreciate that feedback and uh, um, uh, send it to us, uh, good or bad, and uh, we may consider the bad, but, but uh, <laughs> we'll definitely take the good. <laughs> so, 
So uh, uh, thanks again all season long. And, and as always, you can find From the Bench with Dench on wherever you, you get your streaming services and podcasts that you listen to. And if you don't listen to them, um, it's easy. You know, just ask somebody with any degree of technical knowledge and they can they can find it for you. But we're out there on all the major services, uh, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, uh, anywhere you get a podcast, you can find us. On, uh, from the bench with Dench. And as always, BulldogRadioHighland.com carries this on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday evenings. Um, if that's your, your uh, cup of tea, um, by all means, tune us in. Stick around for the country classic music on uh, Bulldog Radio Highland. You'll enjoy that as well. And um, enjoy the upcoming basketball season on uh, BulldogRadioHighland.com as uh, uh, Highland boys and girls uh, get set to tip things off. So for Rodney, I'm Denny. Good day.